0: in the middle of the worship it got a bit messy didn't it you know never and uh, never Um, and somebody I don't know if it was Leslie or somebody had obviously brought a new uh, song that wasn't on your list is that right it kind of felt like that and I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation we've got quite a few generations here haven't we you know starting from the younger ones to some very old ones like me I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. This church, I believe, wants to serve the purpose of God in our generation and generations that we represent. And I don't think that was just a messy little interlude in the thing where somebody thought, this is a good idea. That was the spirit. And it's encouraged me because (coughs) this talk has been a bit messy. Because when Richard said... I don't know, a couple of months ago, I think it must have been, about, pick a bit of Ephesians that you want to talk about. Um, I just thought, well, let's think how long ahead it is and I'll pick chapter four. And I had read it and I thought, oh yeah, I know, I've got quite a talk for chapter four, but I can see how that's going to go. And then we had our church meeting at the sort of the beginning of December-ish. And... I've had quite a few sleepless nights Mm -hmm. lately and the one thing that happens to me very often on sleepless nights is that I actually have time to listen to God because I spend the rest of my time talking, okay, (laughs) and there is nobody to talk to in the middle of the night except God, and so as I was, I hadn't actually written the talk down because I thought, oh, I can sit in half an hour and I can bash this out, okay, like I would a lesson for school, um but I kept getting this sense it's the wrong, it's the wrong talk um, and even up until the time that I've come this morning I'm thinking is it the wrong talk? Did I hear this correctly? Or is it just the painkillers and the tablets and the whatever and the sleeplessness that you know sometimes I'm a bit spacey um, but everything that's happened up until now makes me believe that this talk is for now and it is for us collectively as a church. So if you're a visitor to this church, I apologise because this is going to be very kind of like about us. So I'm reading from the beginning of Ephesians up until um, verse 16, and it's headed in the Bible Live box, which is on page 1175 of this one. We're trying to find it for a minute. Okay. Unity and maturity in the body of Christ. As a business of the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does it mean he ascended, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens, in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. For Him, the whole body, joined and held down together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Um, I know that there were quite a lot of tunes and notes before Christmas, as, as often happens, um, and so we've had quite a break from when Richard started Ephesians, um, which is probably well over a month ago. So I thought I'd start with a brief summary of what's in the first three chapters, um, because this is a letter, and really it's meant to be read as a whole. I mean, usually, you know, if you get an email, you read right through to the end, don't you? This is a very lengthy email. <coughs> Um, so firstly unlike most of his other letters Paul is not trying to correct false ideas or behaviour which you know if you think back to some of his other letters you can see that that's why they were written in contrast in the opening sentences when he addresses the Ephesians he says that they are the faithful in Christ in verse 15 he says he has not stopped giving thanks for them because of their faith and love. Instead, he reaffirms that they have been saved by grace and grace alone. It is not their good deeds, although at that time it seems as if they are doing a lot of good things, but by grace alone that they are saved. It is in Jesus alone that it, we can guarantee our salvation, and he says that they are sealed by the Holy Spirit as children of God. As a very busy commercial centre, Ephesus had, had Romans and Jews and Ephesians all living and working together, and that's interesting because Ephesus it was in modern-day Turkey, and you think of what a mixed Turkey is now, of people coming from all over the place. Um, and so, excuse me, God emphasises that salvation comes through Christ. Um, And that's for the Gentile of whatever nationality, so it doesn't matter what nationality we have here, what age we have here, as well as the Jews, this message was for everybody. The end part of chapter 3 finishes with a most beautiful prayer and blessings, and I actually want to speak that over us as a church at the end, both the prayer and the blessing, because I think it is something for us for this year. Um, So we're going to go backwards at the end, to to the end of chapter 3. You need this background to understand what's being covered in chapter 4. Paul is actually speaking to a mature church, full of believers who are faithful, but who he wants to grow into all that God has for them. When I first agreed to do this talk, as I've told you before, I had a very different talk in mind. But after the recent church meeting, for for those of you who who couldn't attend it, it was actually a very sober time um, because we looked at the fact that probably this church is at, at a pivotal point in its history. Although the problem at the first seemed to be financial, Richard explained to us what he believes is the real problem, and that is we are not growing in numbers. Churches that don't grow and make disciples ultimately die in the light of this I began to see what this chapter could say to us King's Church uh, today I believe that it is a very good stepping stone into the week of prayer that we have got in a week's time and I would urge everyone to this is not down here but I'm just saying please make that a priority to come because it could literally change everything for us as a church. Because what we're looking for is guidance from God on the way forward. I believe that we are a faithful and mature church, like the Ephesians. But for us, like them, there's more. The first ten verses of chapter four are a call to unity in the body and for us to live a life worthy of the call we received. Being saved by grace is not a free ticket to live life as we please. It says we have one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all. This is the message we have to live by and proclaim to others. We are called to be humble, patient, and gentle with one another. In what could be a time of great change for this church, this could be tested. I'm pleased to say that I can think back to when this church had to go through a great physical change a few years ago, when this building was transformed and so many things had to change. We worked together in great unity then, and I'm sure that we can do it again now. However, the devil will always try to plant the seed of dissension and doubt amongst us. And Paul refers to this in verses 8 to 10. Jesus had to descend as well as ascend to conquer sin and death. When the enemy comes to try to divide God's people, we can overcome him by unity in the power of the Spirit. Change is rarely comfortable, but with the help of the Holy Spirit... We can help each other to stay united in our purpose to see this kingdom come here in this area. In our week of prayer, we will be looking as a church for God to again guide us in the way forward. And we can have confidence that He will do that as He's done so often in the past. After unity, as a sign of maturity in a church, Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit. In building the church, and as he puts it, preparing God's people for works of service so that the body of the church may be built up until we all reach maturity. The ones he mentions are not a complete list of the gifts of the Spirit, but he's picked out those that are primarily for building of the church, both numerically and in maturity. This is the part that I think is very very relevant to us at the moment as we want church numbers to grow but also for us to move forward in our Christian lives not to be content staying where we were when we were first saved but moving forward towards maturity. This is not about age but obedience to what God asks of us. Paul talks of the work of the apostles prophets, evangelists pastors and teachers. All these, Paul implies, should be present in a body of God's people. For too long, churches have relied on one person to fulfil all these roles when they should be distributed amongst the congregation. Helping each other to identify their gift and, and how it should be used to build this church is one way to help the church grow. The primary purpose of a church is to help people to come to know Jesus, and everything else we do should flow from this. In this church, I believe we have these gifts distributed amongst us, all except for the gift of apostle. Apostle is a bit different. This is not an apostle in in the way that we talk about the disciples and Paul, because they were allowed to rewrite new scripture. I'm not suggesting that anybody in this church should be here writing new scripture. Um, We believe that that is it. It It's a done deal. But this is something of the gift of apostle, which is different. And again, at this time in our history, we don't need an apostle in that sense. An apostle is someone who is called to build a new church. And there was somebody in our history who did that, the man who saw the kids in the field and decided that they needed a different kind of church. And maybe that's what we're looking at. We might be looking, I don't know, I'm not know i am not preempting what God's going to say in the next few weeks. Um, we, we might be looking at a, a new kind of church, but not in the, in the way like of an apostle where we're all going to decamp to another building and start going down into the fields to preach, I don't think. Um, so okay we can discount apostle but all the others should be in this church somewhere alright now I'll start with the prophets because there's a kind of order to how these gifts come and in a way the prophets come first the prophets are those of you who hear from God or see God in whatever way. Uh, prophecy uh, can come in lots of ways. Some people see pictures, some people have words, some people physically hear things. Um, however you hear it, if that's you, then that's, prof- that's the gift of prophecy. Um, sorry, that's my The role of the prophet is to open people up for the other gifts. When God gives a prophecy, he is speaking something into somebody's life that the person who's giving the word can't possibly know. And a word that comes like that from God can have powerful results, as I have seen this year. It can open up a problem, a hurt, or a situation God wants to deal with. A year ago, I went with several others to a seminar on prophecy, and there I saw many people receive life-changing prophecies, not just from the speaker up front, not somebody like me, but people within the congregation, people like you and I were prophesying to each other. I, that day, received a prophecy that has enabled a healing of relationships within my wider family. I have been present and seen how prophecy can open people's eyes to the fact that God knows all about them. We have people that we come into contact with who need a word of prophecy to break open situations far more difficult than the one I had. There are prophets in this church, and you know who you are. Stir up the gift God has given you. Prophets can open up the way for evangelists to work. Once a prophecy has shown someone that God knows all about them, how much easier is it to bring them to know Jesus? It's for all of us to be able to lead someone to Christ, For example, our own testimony can be a powerful tool to use. However, there is also a specific gift of evangelism that is used to bring larger groups of people to be saved, and I hope we will need this gifting this year. Teachers in the church will need your gifting too, to enable those who come to salvation to learn what living as a Christian is all about. There is a strong teaching gifting in this church, which we see particularly evident in the services and in our Sunday school. This now needs to reach out to the wider community more. We are blessed with the congregation having received good biblical teaching over the years, including our youngest children. Think what a blessing this could be to others who have never been told the truth. What about pastors? It's not the job of the leader alone to pastor people. This church was established because a man had a compassionate heart for people and it is still displayed here today in the services we run. This church has has people gifted to pastor those, God willing, who will come to faith in this church this year. There is a warning however when we look at the way that the Ephesians are portrayed in this letter because later on there's a mention of them in the New Testament in Revelation 2.1. Here it still sees them commended as faithful and for perseverance but also rebuked for having forsaken their first love. This is something no Christian would want to be accused of. In the coming weeks when we pray I hope that we will stir up the gifts God has given us and look forward this year to seeing many come to faith through the work of this church. If you've listened to this and you're unsure about your gifts do pray about it but also others you trust ask them, ask people to pray for you if you have never done the baptism in the spirit get somebody to pray for you for this um, we have plenty of people in this church who would love to do that so to finish I just want us to close our eyes and I want to pray over (coughs) you this prayer from the Ephesians and I want it to reach into your spirit I also want it to bless you and to bless us
1: I want to encourage us all to be prophets right now, actually, and I want you to <clears throat> uh, look around because the thing is, most of us will go, oh, I'm, not, I'm not any of those things because we are British on the whole. And even if you're, you're living in a British country, know, you're living here, and we all tend to be, oh no, I can't do any of this. But I think what we can do is we can identify in one another. Um, this this is what God is doing uh, so, shame she's not here but I was just talking to Elsa uh, at the beginning of the service and she said Cherry has been a great support to me mm. and I think I would identify that Cherry mm. is, is a pastor mm. yes.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so next time you see her encourage her to that okay, yeah. Isabel you did a pastoral work this week so I'll encourage you just, uh, sorry to focus again on you but um, sorry. it's just how we embarrass teenagers in the church um, uh, so I just want to encourage you so that's a the gift there um, but I want us to, to, to speak to one another and just say that I've, I've seen this in you you do this even if it's just you do this for me you, you minister this to me that's helpful because otherwise we're going to probably be a bit shy and be, oh well there's only one pastor in the church and that's Richard Mm. Unless we think, of it. Mm. yeah. Or there's only one teacher, but there's, there's teaching gifts here. Keith, you're a teacher. Yeah. Not necessarily by what you say so much, but what you do. You just have to watch Keith mm. and think, okay, that's mm. how we do it. And and it's, I think, but I think you need to be a bit more confident that actually people don't necessarily. Yeah, I think sometimes we assume because we've been in church for so long. Well, everybody thinks like this, don't they? No, they don't. Mm. <laughs> Keith <laughs> So I think you could be you could be more demonstrative and, and outward, and just sort of saying this is the way we do it, this is, mm. this is, this is how it should be done, uh, and that's okay
0: and he breaks things open by knowing the word, he knows the yeah. word so well, yeah. when we've had prayer meeting Keith is the one who will yeah. get to the heart of it, because he he can bring that to yeah. us very much so Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so I'm not going to embarrass everybody, but um, I'll do that for another time. But I want you to to encourage everybody here to become like prophets in speaking that this is what and this is who you are. And I I apologise, as Sheila did, if you don't know us, (laughs) you're visiting today and you may think, oh, how am I going to do that? Okay, but just, I'm afraid that's that's, that's where we are today. Um, Can we finish with a song?
0: Yeah.